0: kind of managing your own workload, managing your people's workload if you're a leader, that the conversations that might need to be around that subject because it can be difficult, it can be stressful for people. And so we're going to just talk about that like we always do from a real world perspective. I've got Tanner Hubbard from our team with us today. Tanner's been with us about four years. Uh, he has got a lot of experience even in his young life of leading people, being led, and and really has had some personal um, situations where he's had to manage other people's workload and his own, and been in the front line, so to speak. So thanks for being here, Tanner.
1: Yeah, good to be here. Looking forward to it. And and one of the expectations we're going to clarify right away is that I've been here almost five years now. So we're gonna get that get that <laughs> so set right. now I'm, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> kidding. We do have time. to round up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, but it's been uh, it's I've loved my time here. I joined the John Harrison team. Um, for a number of reasons, but I wanted to make an impact in in the work that I was doing. And um, one thing that kind of expedited that decision to look for a different uh, career path and then ultimately landed me here was uh, that that idea and that topic of misaligned expectations and um, workloads. Just uh, in my previous experience, I didn't have that. Um, it, It wasn't as clearly scripted as could be desired. Um, And that was, I mean, it it led to burnout in just a a very short period of time for even, you know, a young leader as myself. And so, um, yeah, looking forward to chatting about this topic today and and some things that hopefully we can do from both an employer and employee perspective to to manage some of this.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And and when we're doing sessions, we're talking to people from around uh, just the workplace. You do hear people talk a lot about being stressed, burned out, and a lot of that is usually, as Tanner just mentioned, by unclear expectations and priorities that aren't clear. And I always talk about this, like rarely does a supervisor or manager take something off your to-do list. And, and if you're a star employee, and we, we say star employee means somebody that's behaving well and performing well, those stars end up getting burdened more than anybody else because they, they're good at what they do, the company has confidence in you. So all the more reason to really talk about priorities. And and so one thing that I've talked about in the past, and I didn't do this well early on, but I remember a couple times um, as a staff person going to my boss, I wasn't overwhelmed necessarily, but I wanted to make sure that my priorities were the same as my supervisors. So I kind of went, hey, I just want to talk for a few minutes about this. These are my priorities, one, two, three, four, five. What do you think of my list? And a couple things happened that I'll never forget. One time he went, oh, I'm sorry, that number two there, we stopped working on that about six weeks ago and we should have told you that. And I remember being so frustrated by that because I've been spending 10 hours a week working on number two. Or what was more likely to happen is they would say, well, really my priorities are three, five, four, two, one. And that little discussion for me as a staff level person was very helpful because now we were on the same page. And again, whether the, the boss wasn't being a jerk at all, he was just kind of busy, and he thought my priorities were the same as his. So that discussion from a staff level person was is really important. And I know there's some people out there that go, "Well, you don't know my boss. Like, I I can't go to my boss and say, I I, I just want to check my priorities." Or maybe the worst thing would be to go to your boss and say, "I have too much on my plate." So what are your, what's your reaction to that?
1: No, that's a great point because that's something kind of what you were talking about that you did do with your previous, or, you know, in Caterpillar with your bosses, what I wish I had done with some of my previous employers, um, because I definitely didn't take that initiative as the employee, because as a young person trying to make an impact, trying to, you know, impress my leadership, uh, you know, I wanted to look like I could do it all. And so there was nothing about, you know, the stress or the misaligned expectations or any of that, that rang a bell with me that said, hey, maybe you should have a conversation that, that, you know, make sure you're on the same page. Instead, I would just take it on, take it on and be like, well, I'll try to fit that in. I'll try to do this. And I had so many things kind of like you just talked about that I would finish a project or complete a task. And I would feel so proud that I got this done because I knew the time that I invested in it. But by, by the time I turned it over, it was not, well-received, not because they weren't grateful, but because it was not their top priority anymore. And so it was just kind of disheartening to me to be like, well, I just, you know, <laughs> I've been spent all sure. kinds of time on that. I would have loved to know that you really didn't care to see that this week. And I would have <laughs> eased off and not worked as many hours and got it until you later this month. Um, so that's something I wish I had done um, instead of just taking it on and trying to, to, to kind of prove my worth. Because looking at it now with a few more years of maturity and being in leadership positions myself over the years, it, it does kind of seem silly. Cause when I look back on it, if I'm a, a leader of someone else and they came to me and said, Hey, I, you know, I'm feeling overburdened with this, or I really need your input on which one of these to do first. Cause I can't get it all done this week. Like I wouldn't, if they're a star employee, my first impression is, well, let me help you. What can I do to, to remove a roadblock or help you get something done? Not, Oh my gosh, like you can't do that. Like I must've hired the wrong person. But when you are that staff level person, it's hard to you know, see that playing out well in your head because you just assume like, oh, I'm that's what I'm supposed to do is everything my boss asked me to. And so I do think it, it's all, this is all a two-way street, it but is. that communication can come from either way. And in my case, I wish I'd initiated that.
0: Yeah. And I, so I think some of you that are listening are saying, again, I, I, I'd like to do that, but I don't know if I've got, you know, the seniority or the personality to do that. And, and just a little um preview one of our next podcasts is going to be about personality types and there are clearly some personalities that will never do that they will not go to their boss and say i i just want to talk priorities or i have too much on my list this is why if you're listening to this podcast as a supervisor or manager i think it's incumbent upon you to have that conversation to to be the proactive person that says to meet with each of your people and it might be a 10-minute meeting hey what's on your list what's on your list this week this month let's take a look Let's make sure we're aligned, and I can't tell you folks how much it would mean to somebody if you went, hey, you know, number six on your list. Why don't we just wait? Let's—we don't need to do that now. Till you know, three months from now, and if you can do that, I—I I promise you, you will. Like their endorphins will be flying through their body because that, that just gives them a mental break, so to speak. So, so again, I do think it's incumbent upon the staff of a person to do that if they feel comfortable to do that. If they have that kind of relationship with their supervisor, but certainly supervisors, and managers should take the lead on that. And and I promise you, that like again, these podcasts are just real life stuff. That alone, I think, will take a lot of stress out of the office or the factory or wherever you all work. And just having you know, getting some of these things on the table uh, that that have been not talked about in the past.
1: So uh, I was going to say I, I agree 100%. I can speak to that even just being here, you know, the last several years with John Harrison uh, being on this team that that has happened on a number of occasions and it has been so well received by me when when John does come to me and say, "Hey, I know we've got a lot going on, let's you know, talk about what's most important and lay that out, That, or, or just, you know, delaying a deadline or, you know, canceling something altogether that's not so important. Like, those things do energize me. Um, so I can speak from experience on that. But one piece of advice I would give to a staff level person, or I mean, you, you might even be a leader, you might have people that report to you, but most of us also have bosses, right? Mm-hmm. So anytime you're trying to approach your boss on this subject, one thing I would suggest so that you don't come into it saying, well, I just can't do this, right? Because I I know what you star employees are saying, right? I'm not gonna go to my boss and tell him I can't do it because that sounds like I'm a slacker. So what you can do is take your top five, or six projects, whatever that may be, depending on your industry and, and and your workload and your title and all of that. But whatever you're currently working on and have in your near future, I would lay that out. And when you when you feel like something comes to you that you don't have time for, I would kind of Provide a you know plan B you know or multiple options for your boss, and you could say, "Hey, I would love to get to work on that for you." You know, if this needs done by this date, um, X, Y, and Z are going to need to bump to a later date. That kind of stuff. Like give them instead of just making it sound like I can't do this, I need you to go fix that for me or take something off my plate. That's not what you're asking. You're just saying, "Can you help me align these priorities?" You know, if you want me to do A first. Then here's how we need to schedule B, C, and D. Um, And then they can look at that and be like, oh, actually, you know, I kind of forgot you're working on that, but that is important. So why don't you go ahead and keep focusing on that? And this new thing I gave you, we can wait another week before we start it. You know, that, again, I don't know what the response may be, but you being proactive in that and kind of providing some options of you you can't have both. So (laughs) which one would you like first and what order would you like that shows them that you are taking ownership of it, but you're also sharing with them your capacity and your capabilities. So I I think that 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 can prove some things.
0: Yeah, I think that's critical. And and I think, again, if, if if you went to your boss in that manner and they kind of went, well, just shut up and go back to work <laughs> and do all all the things, at some point, now you've got a better, you know, you can make a more educated decision about what your future is in that organization. But I, I think that's pretty rare that that happens, but it might. So be prepared for that if you ask. But I think, again, I think leaders out there, if you... If you just take, sometimes we have to think short-term, long-term. And of course, we all got a million things on our plate. But sometimes that 10 or 15-minute conversation can reduce so much stress. And I'm just going to be transparent with our little company. We, we're very small. <clears throat> we don't have a staff of 100 people. So we we kind of all have to chip in and do lots of things in this little company. So it's not realistic that we've got you know 20 departments and we can just delegate to somebody else. But I will say another thing that, that has hurt our company over time in the last few years is that we've we have had a lot of things on our plate we haven't had clear deadlines on certain projects and so things have drifted and sometimes rightfully so and and maybe the pandemic hurt some of that or whatever yes i'm very comfortable with moving deadlines out but for this year we took a different approach and we actually have got kind of all of our work broken out into projects, so to speak. And I know that not all of your industries can do that, but it's got a, that our team has talked about that as a group, which are the highest priority projects, who's going to own it, what does success look like, what does the timeline look like? And I think that does remove a lot of stress as well. That took some work up front, and it's not going to be perfect. We can do a podcast in six months and tell you how <laughs> that worked. But, it, but it's so much better than we just hit all are kind of running around trying to get everything we can get done in the week. And because what happens is some big things slide when that happens. And that's true even in your home life as well.
1: Well, and something that's also allowed us to do um, is weigh everything else against those things, right? So now, you know, if I have this project plan, um, not if, I do have this project plan that our teams worked on and I know, you know, these three or four things, big projects are, you know, I'm the owner of those things for 2022 and so I've got to get them done um, by the deadlines, um, the way we talked about. So if other things come up that are going to delay that or impede that in any way, that's a conversation right there, right? I don't wait until you know, July 31st for an August 1st deadline and say, oh, John, hey, you know, that project that I was owning, I'm not going to get that done because of the, no, no, no. The first time I notice that something's off and that I might not meet that deadline, we have that conversation. Mm -hmm. And then maybe we do move a deadline, like John already said, or maybe we say, no, we do not need to let anything else come in and impede that. We're going to wait on this new stuff. um, And we're going to get to that later in the year or whatever. Um, But if you don't have those clear benchmarks and and what you should be focused on and where your efforts should be um, you know spent then then every everything every distraction that comes up is going to take the place of, of working on some of your big bigger long-term strategic plans
0: that's good so kind of wrapping up I would say it like this I think both as a staff level person as a supervisor be get in the habit of having those conversations it might be every week it might be every month it might be every two weeks that's up to you but don't let time go by without just talking about these things I think this is a subset of what we talk about in our longer our longer sessions. We have nine expectations for leaders and employees. And and really under champion health, wellness, and safety, which is one of our nine expectations, this is where this is so serious. Not only for the obviously getting things done for the company, but again, stars just keep getting loaded up and loaded up and loaded up. They may not say anything. And at some point, they may drift into not being a star. They might start to get burned out and disengaged or they might say I'm going to go somewhere else because I just need a break and the only way I'm ever going to get a break at this company is to quit. I'm not going to get a break in terms of having my to-do list altered even if it's in the next week or month which might put some passion back in their lives. So I think when we as leaders think about beyond the bottom line of a company, you've got human beings that are now going home to significant others and spouses and kids and grandkids and their neighbors and their church and So having these conversations and getting priorities aligned, not only is going to make the business run better, you're going to send your people home in much better condition to have them do the, you know, ultimately the more important parts of their life after five o'clock. So, again, we can't cover all of this in in a podcast, but I think just this part of it, getting those discussions started will really make a big difference. And again, this ties into everything else we do in our longer sessions. And as I mentioned, a podcast we've got coming up is talking about different personality types which will overlap right into this because there's going to be some personality types that are not shy at all about these conversations and some that will never have them. So all the more reason that as a leader, you need to be proactive.
1: Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, It was fun to be on. I look forward to doing more of these in the future. Um, There's all kinds of topics out there. We're just scratching the surface with some of these. Um, But yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly with what's just been said. This is all a two-way street. Uh, Communication has to be uh, happening every day, every week, every month on on things like this. If you if you let something go, let it slide, it's inevitably going to build to you know frustration for the employer, the leader. So That's it's right. all a two way street. It's got to be a, an ongoing conversation.
0: Awesome. Thanks for being here, Tanner. And we yeah. look forward to our next episode. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for a future episode you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms